You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Our guest today on Preaching Source is Pastor Tim Wheelis. He's the senior pastor of Fairway Baptist Church in Wichita Falls, Texas. And we've been eager to have Tim in because he's one of the men who is currently pursuing a Ph.D. in preaching and pastoral ministry here at Southwestern. Uh, He's come through our bachelor's program in Scarborough College, did an advanced master's of divinity degree, and is now in Ph.D. studies. And we're interested in talking to Tim because he's a great example of somebody who is applying his doctoral studies right now in a real-time live ministry with a local Baptist church. So, Tim, welcome. Welcome to Preaching Source. Dr. McCarty, thank you. I'm honored to be here. Pastor who uh, has had some successful starts in ministry, let me ask you about some of those challenges that pastors confront early in their ministry, and, and how's your preaching ministry helped you address specific pastoral concerns? I like uh, the idea of framing this uh, question of, of challenges that pastors face early in ministry with the idea of how do you, do you confront uh, challenges or do you, uh, you know, uh, deal with them in different, different ways and uh, confronting versus um, uh, do I just wait for these challenges to, to work out? Uh, you know, when we, we read Paul's instructions to Timothy and the way uh, he talks about the office of an overseer, he tells him that the man who aspires to that office, uh, he desires a great work. And it is a great work. We should see it that way. We should love it and desire to do it for the glory of God. But uh, in that, with all the joys that come with it, we have to understand that this office that we are called to as overseer is not an office that's for wimps. Uh, We are called uh, to take on some of the toughest challenges in the kingdom of God. We live, the way I like to uh, tell my staff and our our leaders is that we live and work in the conflict between God and man. Uh, And so, you know, facing challenges early on in ministry, just to put it in the context of where I am right now, uh, coming into a church that really needed uh, revival, that needed revitalization and a resurrection uh, from its past, uh, you have to assess uh, the different challenges that you're, that you're going to face uh, throughout ministry. Um, and there's some things that, uh, as we like to say, they are a hill on which to die. There are things that you have to stand up for and you actually have to confront. But then there are other challenges when we, uh, we look at them that fall into the category where you know, Paul gives the instructions to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 to preach the word. And in preaching it, you do it no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the challenges are. And in preaching that word, uh, the idea through preaching is that it's going to bring the correction that is needed. It's going to bring the rebuke where it's needed and the encouragement. And all three of those can be confrontational and should be at times. But the key in that passage is where he tells Timothy, you do it in such a way that it brings instruction and it brings the correction in a gentle way. Uh, and so in our context, I think when you think of challenges that you have to confront, what I started doing was asking myself, the challenges, what challenges are we facing uh, that are critical to the health of our church? If we don't address these and take these head on, these are the things that are going to leave us a dead and dying church. And so for us, uh, it was, there was no evangelism taking place, uh, no outward focus, everything was inward focused. 
Um, there was no true concept of missions there. And these are things that we see God leaving his church in the world to do to advance that gospel. And along with that comes the preaching ministry. And so when we th think about the challenges and how preaching helps to confront those challenges, um, what I want to say to, to young pastors, what I've learned is it's not necessary for me to speak to every challenge that arises in my church, but it is necessary for me to do what Paul has said, which is to preach the word. And through the preaching of God's word, the challenges that are critical to the church, they rise to the top and God's word addresses those challenges so that it's not my opinion. It's not what I think needs to be done, but it's God speaking into that, uh, into that situation, into that challenge. And so like for evangelism and the purpose that God has left the church here, what we did was uh, I went back and uh, met with our leaders and talked with them about the need to walk through the book of Acts so that the church could reclaim the identity which God had intended for the church to have. And so over a year, I preached through the book of Acts, and we had an emphasis on evangelism and missions through that book and pointed out that this is what Christ left his church here to do. Uh, and it addressed those bigger challenges, those bigger issues, confronted them head on. And we now are seeing our people excited about evangelism, and we're on that path to being a healthy church. Mm. Now, Tim, your experience is is common to uh, many of the men who are in our doctoral programs in preaching and pastoral ministry. You're you're already out on the field. You're engaged in full time ministry, and then you're pursuing an advanced degree while you're engaged in full time ministry. How? How has the, the study that you've done, the doctoral study you've done here at Southwestern, how's that influenced your preaching ministry out in the field? Sure. You know, we came to Southwestern in 2006 and went through uh, the college, which is now Scarborough College. Um, and just my time at seminary, the, I, th I think the most valuable thing that I've taken away uh, from being uh, a student here uh, at Southwestern is just that passion for evangelism and for missions, uh, even through my preaching, uh, that preaching is pleading with the lost to respond to the gospel message. And uh, that was really shaped early on in my time here at Southwestern. Uh, and you're know, progressing through the MDiv, of course, you pick up all the tools that you gain from uh, learning how to handle the original text, the Greek and the Hebrew, and then you going through your preaching classes, your pastoral ministry classes, and putting all those things in the toolbox that help you become the pastor that God's going to shape you to be. Uh, PhD studies has uh, really taken me um, to a deeper level when it comes to thinking through uh, how those tools are going to work in a church setting. How are the things that I gained uh, from my both my bachelor's and my master's degree going to be used to shape and mold the church that God has called me to, uh, to lead and to pastor. And so um, I've really enjoyed, uh, I'm, in, I'm in year three now uh, of my PhD studies and uh, the discussions that you have in those classes. There's so many things when you're, you're there with other, other young pastors who are thinking through the same things that you are and you're able to discuss uh, you know, what, what are the challenges that we're facing? How do we deal with uh, critical issues that are, uh, affect the health of our church? And then you're bringing in the books that you're reading. And so you've got men from the past that are speaking into this. And in that discussion time, you really walk away uh, with the, the ideas of, of how people have done things in the past and how not just the theory of it, but how that is applicable to what you're doing in the local church. And so I've loved all the, the, the time that I've spent studying here, and I'm grateful 
grateful for guys like uh, Dr. David Allen, who uh, helped shape my preaching ministry, Dr. Matthew McKellar, uh, those men like that, because they come from the pastorate. They've been in the local church. They know what it's like uh, to, uh, to hold that office, and they're able to frame uh, preaching and other, uh, other areas of study in the context of the pastoral office. Uh, this may seem like a rep- repetitive question, but specifically, what? how would you describe the role that expository preaching plays in your pastoral ministry? No, I, I, I don't think that's a, that's a repetitive question. That's a great question. Um, I look at expository preaching as the single most important pastoral act that an overseer does for the flock. It is going to drive everything that you do. Uh, you may not week after week speak into your youth ministry, your children's ministry, senior adult ministry, all the Bible study classes that you that you have. You may not be there speaking into them uh, on a face-to-face basis individually with those ministries, but everything that you proclaim from that pulpit is going to shape your leaders. It's going to shape the hearts of your people. It's going to shape those ministries. Uh, and so being able to effectively handle the Word of God, divide it rightly, know how to preach it and communicate it in such a way where it connects with your people, where they're understanding it, and in understanding it, they're able to apply it to their lives. You have to understand that that's going to take root in every ministry of your church. And so it has to be the core of everything that you do as a pastor. Describe your personal sermon process. How, how do you develop uh, your sermons? What, what do you go through each week? I actually sat down at the beginning of this year and reevaluated my preaching ministry and um, made some decisions in light of some of the things that I had studied in the seminars here. Uh, the uh, reading the Puritans, especially some of the early Puritans, and the way that they were uh, handling the Word of God. And it, it, you really see it as a, uh, the, the preaching of the Word in the corporate gathering uh, as, a, as a corporate event. Uh, I mean, I think of guys like Richard Baxter, who after his sermon would go out among his people and, and would sit with them in their homes and talk about uh, the message and see what they understood, what they didn't understand. And so I gained an appreciation for the, the sermon in our worship services as a, as a corporate part where I want my congregation to participate in this sermon as much as possible. Uh, and so I started thinking of ways uh, to do that and looked at some other guys. And the things that I do aren't new. I didn't, I didn't make these up. I didn't come up with I'm not smart enough to. <laughs> but there are other men that were doing some really great things that I, I, I like that I pulled into, uh, into my sermon prep. So the thing that I begin with is um, set down with the text. You know, knowing what I'm going to preach through. So, so right now I'm preaching through Matthew. Uh, you find the unit of the text that you're going to deal with, uh, that you're going to preach on, uh, and begin to divide that up and outline it. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm working with the original language. I'm looking at the Greek. Uh, in longer narratives, I don't sit down and do a full translation of the original Greek text. If I'm working with something like a Pauline uh, letter, I will take the segment that I'm preaching, if it's five, six verses, whatever, and I'll actually do my own translation of that. But then the longer narratives, I'm uh, reading the original, having an understanding of what's going on, the key verses that are there, things that I really need to pull apart. I will dissect those deeper into the Greek. And so I go through that, have my sermon outline, uh, and then I begin uh, to write out my my thoughts and my observations on the text. Uh, Once I've got those down, I consult you know, the other uh, resources that are available, commentaries, and see what other men have had to say about it. Let them correct me where I may have made some improper observations uh, and, you know, getting, gaining insight from them uh, and 
uh, their wisdom that they've had in time in the text. And so I'll use all of that and I'll start to craft my sermon. I begin that process on, on Monday. By Wednesday, I've got all of that complete. And Wednesday night, this is where I start to involve my people more in my sermon uh, preparation. I'll stand in front of, uh, front of our church and actually teach through the text that I'm going to preach on Sunday. And I invite my people. I've asked them to do their own outline so that when they come in, we've got different outlines to talk about. And, and we're seeing that we're on the same page with the way this text flows and the way the text works. Then I start asking them questions about the text to see what they have observed. So this is part of a Wednesday night Bible study. That's right. In a venue. That's right. That's interesting. And uh, it's it has really helped me a great deal in my sermon preparation because what I'm learning from them are the the things in the text that they're struggling with. So where I see in my deep study things I want to address, what I'm gathering is there are things they need me to address. There are things that they need me to speak to in that text to help them gain an understanding so that they can get the application that they need for their lives. Um, and we walk through that for an hour on Wednesday night, and I walk away with so many things that I need to tweak and change in the sermon to prepare it for Sunday. And it's been a great blessing, not only to me, but to our people. They were concerned when it first started that they weren't going to enjoy Sunday mornings anymore, but now they're coming and they're saying, this is incredible. We're loving this. We're getting more out of it. And so it's been really good. Uh, and then from there, I go back and finish crafting the sermon. Uh, and then I meet with another group of people in my church on Thursday night to do a sermon preview where I walk through the sermon. Uh, the point of that is not to address theology or the text or the outline. It's to look at illustrations. Do those illustrations work in a way that's going to clearly explain the text to the people? Uh, my word choice, the tone, inflection, hand motions, all those types of things. Uh, am I communicating through those what, what I want to communicate? And they help me polish. And so I'll take that and over Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, polish up that sermon. And then when I stand on Sunday morning to deliver that sermon to the church, I am more confident now than I have ever been in standing in front of our church that they are grasping the Word of God and making application. So the, th the Thursday group, that's a specialized group of people whose ministry is to assist you in, right. in the preparation that's of the right. message. That's right. They're hand-chosen by me, people that I can trust. There's actually a confidentiality agreement that I have them read and, and, uh, and agree that they'll abide by those rules if they participate. How long have you been doing the Wednesday night Bible study? Uh, since I think we started it in January. So it's been since the first of this year. Okay. Wow. Well, we, we want to check back in with you on that because you're, uh, you're reporting already good fruit from that. And it's a, it's a neat, I think it's a neat idea. I'd, I'd love to see how that develops in the future. Well, Tim, what, what would you say makes a pastor an effective preacher? Well, I think there, there are two elements to it. Um, the first one is the dedication to study. Uh, you have to get alone with the Word of God uh, in studying that Word, praying over that Word, and seeking God's wisdom uh, and asking the Holy Spirit for understanding of that text. Uh, you have to be able to work with that text and, and, and discern from uh, those original manuscripts as much as we possibly can, knowing what we have in our hands, what was intended uh, and what God has actually preserved for us. So deep study of the Word of God is critical uh, to, being, to being an effective expository preacher and, and handling the text well in front of your people. But I think there's also another element of being an effective preacher. Um, if all you do is spend time in your study behind the locked doors and walk up on the pulpit and preach on Sunday morning, I think there's something lacking in the effectiveness of it because 
you don't know your people. I think you have to spend time among the sheep to know who you're preaching to uh, so that you're able to make the application to them in a way that they actually grasp it. And it brings the life change that God's word is intended to bring. Those are the two elements when I think about how am I being effective as a preacher? Am I handling the text well? Am I putting the time in that I need to study? And am I balancing that with the time I spend with my people so that I know their struggles? I know what they're dealing with. I, I, I know the things that make them hurt. I know the things that bring them great joy. And those things are on my mind while I'm studying and preparing and, and forming that sermon. Hmm. Tim, what would you say makes a pastor an effective disciple maker? That comes out of the same the same line of, of being, an, an, being an effective preacher that you have to preach well to be a disciple maker. You know, again, the core of your pastoral ministry has to be your, your preaching ministry. It's, it's going in, into every other aspect of the church, into every home, into every individual life that God has entrusted to you, every soul that he has put you as, a, as a, uh, an overseer of. So your preaching ministry has to be effective. You have to uh, shore that up and strengthen it. Um, but then again, it's, it's the idea also of being among your people. I like to teach our leadership and our staff that uh, disciple-making is trench warfare, that we get in the trenches where our people are, which requires us to get dirty. We have to get messy. We have to be in among them. Uh, Trench warfare is uh, a, a way of fighting that puts you so close to the enemy that you can smell the stench of his breath. And when you are getting involved in people's lives and, and guiding them spiritually and helping them uh, to walk in the way of God so that they know God's will and are submissive to it, you're going to confront all of those uh, spiritual battles that they're going through. You're going to be in that with them. You have to be to be an effective disciple maker. Uh, you can't do it from the pulpit alone. Uh, they have to know that when they're in those battles, they can look over their shoulder and you're right there with them. You're fighting it with them. Uh, and, and so to be that disciple maker, get out of that study, get out, out of the pulpit, go where your people are, spend time with them outside of church, do the things that they like to do, whether you like it or not, go and spend time with them and, and be involved in their lives and let them share their struggles. Let them talk about the problems they're having. Let them uh, question you about the things that you've preached. Your word, uh, the word of God that you preach should confront, it should rebuke, it should encourage and exhort. And so when you have those t- time with them outside of the pulpit, you should be hearing those things from them where the word of God has confronted them and how they're struggling to make application, how they're struggling to submit to that. That's where the disciple making takes place because you get to do further teaching, further encouragement, uh, and love them through that as they struggle with it. And in that conflict between them and God and helping them reconcile with the Lord. Our guest today has been Tim Wheelis, Senior Pastor of Fairway Baptist Church, and it's been very practical, the conversation today. I I hope especially uh, that you pastors who might be considering uh, doctoral studies at Southwestern in the School of Preaching or uh, in our pastoral ministry program, I'm hoping you've been listening carefully uh, because you've had a good example of a man who's putting the wisdom and knowledge of the doctoral study right into practical ministry. So it's a great example. And Tim, thanks for enlightening us today. Thank you, Dr. McCarty.